0: Let's go, girls.
1: From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way.
2: Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. And boy, do we have a treat for you today! We have one of my favorite people in the universe on with one of my favorite women to co host shows with. I'm just, I life is good over here, and um. Even amidst all this change, you know, we talk a lot about change and how change happens and Linda's in New York, I'm in Los Angeles, Geraldine is in Australia and we're going to talk about these global changes and some of the tools that I have discovered through Geraldine that helped me navigate these changes and Linda, a set of these cards that we're going to be talking about today is on route to you as we speak.
3: Well, I can't wait. I look forward to it. Uh I haven't seen them before, so any anything that is that helps get us through this crazy is a is a very good thing. Although we're managing. I mean, here it I mean here in the US, as you well know, it's like every day is like a whole new dawn of who knows what but it i mean it it it's, it's happening and and what what really is so amazing is how fast it's happening it's like it's like supersonic speed boom 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 every day i mean you know between the weather between the politics between everything is just like crazy 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 crazy
2: It is, it is. And one of the things that I came across, and oh my gosh, it's got to be three or four years now, maybe. um, I came across these Australian Feather Magic Oracle cards. And it's a 38-card deck. And just so you know, nobody's paid any promotional anything to, to be featured today. But I got a hold of a set of these cards, and I love them. I love them so much that I got a second set so that I could have one in my office and one in my home. And I've also got a set of animal cards and or dog cards and horse cards. And recently, Geraldine Teglove, who's our guest today, has come out for this alchemy for now set of cards. And these Oracle cards help you kind of figure out things and and direction. And the reason that I wanted to bring Geraldine on today, uh, Linda and I, was because of all these changes. These cards are really great at at helping us navigate change, but more importantly, the new cards that Geraldine has out talk about alchemy. And alchemy goes back way in time, and I think of like how these changes are occurring. And to go back in time and look at some of these things that the ancient alchemists was very intriguing to me, to go, well, how what can ancient alchemy teach us today because alchemy is all about changing states changing physical properties what could that teach us about change today so without further ado
3: Sandra, why don't you just tell us what you believe alchemy is i mean to me when you say alchemy back i guess it's it's sort of like these the um the mystics um in king arthur's time and 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 everything that they you know they they could sort of see the future
2: Well, okay. And that's funny because for me, I think it's like... To me, it's chemistry, because you know me, I'm the big old science egghead. And so I look at it as like this precursor to modern day chemistry and about transferring um, the transformation of matter and particularly in ways of turning like base metals into gold or to find this universal elixir. I mean, there's there's so many magical, mystical, wonderful things that come up with the word alchemy. Does that answer your question, Linda? Yeah no I, I mean I I thought of alchemy too as sort of um you know
3: like making potions and and drugs to help people from plants and things like that um and and that's where I you know I sort of saw it in in like in Sherwood Forest or something but um let let Geraldine come on and she can tell us exactly
2: what it is <laughs> Uh, Geraldine, take a love. Why don't you demystify the word alchemy for
4: us? <laughs> well, hello to Sandra and to Linda, and thank you so much for having me here today. It's always a pleasure chatting with both of you. And um, alchemy, yes, well, you're both right, really. <laughs> so, you know, well done, ladies. Um, the ancient alchemists were really, and, and as Sandra said, turning ordinary metals into gold. That was That's how they started out, let's say. And as Linda described, you know, making solutions and potions and all of that sort of thing, there is a bit of kind of uh, mysticism around the ancient alchemist. And and uh, that's fair enough because I remember the last workshop I ran on alchemy and one lady came in and she said, I don't really know why I'm here, but, you know, my daughter said, oh, mum, should you be going to that? Because isn't that all about, you know, um, kind of spells and potions and things? And I just had to laugh because... There is just so much more to alchemy than what people imagine. And so alchemy is really about the art of transformation. And uh, I guess if I could just, in simple terms, the alchemists who actually finally found the secret to turning metal into gold were those that also discovered that the only way that could happen was by them actually transforming themselves from within and, and the seven-step process that they went through with their, in their laboratory with their metals or with their solutions and whatever, they had to follow the same seven-step process spiritually within themselves. And they were the ones who finally were, uh, I guess, found the secret or worked out how to do this.
2: Now, is this different than sacred geometry? Like, is, is did that come about at the same time? Or are they two big, different disciplines? That was one of the questions that was asked about today's topic.
4: Well, I guess, Sandra, um, you know, one's in alignment with the other. Sacred geometry um, is a... Is kind of a different study. The alchemy was uh, all about the the seven amazing principles that the alchemists followed, and these were discovered on what was called the Emerald Tablet, um, which were handed down from, uh, I guess, Hermes, who was the father of alchemy. And these uh, seven principles were the principles that every alchemist followed within their personal life or their spiritual life to create the transformation that they needed to go through on a personal level um, before they could really bring about the uh, making of the Philosopher's Stone. And we've all heard of the Philosopher's Stone. If you've read Harry Potter or watched (laughs) any of his movies, you know, but I loved – when Linda mentioned, you know, out in the forest with um, the the wizards, or and Merlin, of course, and Merlin yeah. and the King Arthur as a boy, and there is a fabulous, fabulous book called *The Way of the Wizard* by Deepak Chopra, and that book talks all about the lessons that Merlin taught young King Arthur in the forest and when they lived in the cave and his you know the arthur's upbringing out in the forest so that that is a fabulous book to read if you want to look a little at alchemy geraldine can you
3: kind of give us like a little condensed and then we'll go into it further as we go on into the show what the seven steps were to this uh, spiritual transformation
4: I certainly can, Linda, and uh, each of these, uh, if you could just imagine, if you took yourself back in time and imagined the alchemist in his laboratory, which is not quite, you know, like a modern day laboratory, but... The uh, laboratory was kind of divided in half. And down one side, he would have his big furnace or she would. There were women alchemists too. They had a big furnace that they worked with, of course. And then they had all their solutions and they had their beakers. and, And, Sandra, you know all about that stuff. You know the scientific side of it. And then on the other side of their laboratory, they had their meditation chamber And they had all the signs and symbols of alchemy, which you'll find on the alchemy cards. And they meditated on those, depending on what step they were at um, within the, you know, the alchemical transformation. And I'll just give you a a quick rundown. Uh, The first step was called calcination. And from, uh, you know, a scientific point of view, that's when they kind of burnt everything off that wasn't needed within whatever solution they were working with or metal they were working with. and But calcination in their spiritual world was saying goodbye to the ego and all the stuff that goes on in the mind. And then they went through, the second step was dis- dissolution. And this, of course, was when they took the, the white powdery stuff that they got at the end of calcination, and they mix that with water. And, of course, on the spiritual side, that was all about exploring their emotions and really going deep into the negative emotions that they needed to look at, the ones that they were feeling on a daily basis. The third step was separation. And um, this, in spiritual terms, it was... um, a time to separate the good from the not so good, deciding you know what was worth holding on to in your life and what needed to be released. And each step um, took the solution or or took their own spiritual life and sifted out what was no longer needed. Now, the fourth step was conjunction. And this was really uh, the time when they, birthed a new inner child, and of course that inner child had to be really protected and looked after, because as we know, you know, if we move into the spiritual discovery of self, and there'll be a lot of people out there who tell you it's a whole lot of nonsense and that's not going to work, and so this no, Geraldine, new... Geraldine, I
2: need to take us to commercial break, so let's hold yes. that thought. We're visiting today with Geraldine Tegelove. Now, you can find out more about her in these cards that we're talking about by going to GeraldineTegelov.com. Spiritual alchemy is what we're talking about today. Geraldine Tegelov, T-E-G-G-E-L-O-V-E.com. We'll be back with her and more about this fascinating subject of spiritual alchemy after the break.
1: With Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin, after these messages...
0: Mike McMillan from Ontario, Canada, was driving to a meeting when he saw what looked like a can of cola moving around on the side of the road. Curious, he stopped to investigate and discovered a skunk had gotten its head stuck in a soda can. After a moment of abulia or indecision, he decided to try and save the potentially woofy animal. Woofy is another word for smelly. He grabbed the can and engaged in dang swaying or a cooperative tug-of-war with the skunk. All the while hoping he wouldn't get sprayed. Finally, the skunk managed to pop its head out of the can and land safely on the ground. After a brief stare down, the skunk turned and ran into the woods. What's another word for running away in fright? Funkify. It's
3: words you
0: never I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
5: If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to our website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us. For lessons in joyful living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi.
1: We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin.
2: Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and our wonderful guest today is Geraldine Tegelov. You can find more about her at GeraldineTegelov.com, and the topic of today is spiritual alchemy, and we were working our way through these Alchemy for Now cards that I have a set of that I really dig. I think they're so much fun, and they're so enlightening, and we were talking about the seven-step process that the ancient alchemists went in turning base metal into gold and how that can be taking our base instincts our base lifestyle our base everything and turn it into the life that we've always dreamed of so geraldine i had cut you off before the break we had gone through the first four steps uh tell us more about the next three steps
4: Terrific, Sandra. I'd love to. And, and yes, it is true. We all have gold running through our veins. We just have to kind of find it. So the fifth step in al- alchemy was, or in the alchemical transformation, was fermentation. And uh, back then in the laboratory, I have to tell you, uh, for the alchemists in their laboratory, in their scientific part of the laboratory, would often throw manure of some sort into the solution to start the fermentation process. Um, I I think, I'm not sure if they still do that today, but anyway, (laughs) whatever manure they had, they would throw it in. But fermentation in their personal world and in their uh, spiritual life was all about becoming the co-creator. So this was acknowledging that there is a higher power working with us within the universe. And they knew that if they cooperated with this higher power that amazing things could happen in their lives. Now, the sixth step was called distillation. And remember, once again, in their laboratory, scientifically, they were distilling this final solution that they had, still taking out anything that might hold it back from creating that uh, beautiful Philosopher's Stone. By the way, just as a little aside, the Philosopher's Stone was kind of a red colour, a very powdery sort of stone, and, you know, one drop of that was the basic, the, the elixir to life, and one drop of that into their solutions did turn the ordinary metals into gold. And one drop of that in a solution that they ingested uh, was, you know, gave them complete health and well-being. So it was, wasn't was any wonder that they were trying to create this philosopher's stone, but Distillation was that final step in stretching and growing themselves. And they did that through daily meditation and they became the sacred observer in their life and and were constantly moving into that higher consciousness. And then the final step was called coagulation. And um, this was when, um, I guess they created this stone and for in their spiritual life it was like the phoenix rising and so uh, you know they, they had this wonderful wisdom within them and I might say a wonderful humility and I think the biggest lesson was uh, for the alchemist was to learn the worth and the worthlessness of things and what do I mean by that? well Those who actually created the Philosopher's Stone had the wisdom and the understanding that you didn't kind of share this with the world. You know, you didn't sell it to the highest bidder because this was a sacred journey within. And if you weren't prepared to go through that, then you really uh, didn't know how to use the Philosopher's Stone for the good of humanity. And so most of them, if they did create the Philosopher's Stone, um, they destroyed it because they knew how much damage it could do for if it got into the wrong hands. Does that make sense?
2: So, okay, so we go through these seven steps and i get I get what happens if the stone falls into the wrong hands. you have to destroy it, but we have the power within us to learn some of these these techniques, if you will, or to apply these principles to our life to kind of make our own sorcerer's stone in our own life
4: most definitely sandra we have we all have the power within us. To, um, to find that hidden gold, the gold that's within us, and use that, you know, in whatever way we want to create a beautiful reality for ourselves. So um, it's going through these seven steps at a spiritual level that we can create our outer reality in the most wonderful ways.
3: Well, now that we know, you know, what the seven steps are, can you kind of explain how the cards work um, that that you've come out with and how they help us in our daily lives?
4: Um, Certainly, Linda. The cards are, they're called transformational cards, and just a little bit of, uh, background on them, the cards are quite different to your average cards. These cards have all the old symbols on them because I have to go back a step here, Linda, and just explain that in uh, in ancient times and perhaps even more so in medieval times, uh, if you were um, – uh, no, well, uh, let me explain this. Uh, originally, the pharaohs or the kings or whoever would employ alchemists to, of course, turn ordinary metals into gold because they wanted the wealth and the power and everything else. But then the alchemists going into medieval times when the churches began to gain power and, of course, didn't want to give that power to the masses, alchemists really spoke out um, against what the churches were teaching. And so they either ended up on the, you know, on the fire themselves, (laughs) were burnt at the stake or were stoned or whatever happened to them. They were... um, killed off, I guess, so it wasn't really safe to say that you were an alchemist. Now, because of this, they created their own uh, special language, and this language was a secret language that was known to the alchemists so they could discuss what they were doing and what uh, step they were up to or processes they were going through by using these particular symbols. And these are the symbols that you'll find on the cards. Now, you don't have to know all about ancient alchemy or all about, you know, alchemy to have these cards work for you. So in using the cards... They're really helping you every day. Uh, If you choose a card, it tells you what you can focus on for that day or for that week or for that month, however long you feel you need to work on that particular step. And you meditate on it, on the symbol, and that helps you to connect to that step and really begins to change your life internally. Now, of course... The little guidebook that comes with it uh, will help you to understand the message that's on each card and what you're working with. And it gives you very little practical points, too, to focus on as the alchemist, because we're all alchemists. We're all transforming our own lives, and it's in our hands to do that. We don't have to go to somebody to transform our lives. It's all about us taking control.
3: So, do you have to be in well, a very a quiet place, or meditate on what you want to ask the cards um,
4: before you before you work with them? Well, Linda, I always suggest that people get quiet and and find a little space for themselves. To now, you can take them in your pocket and go out in the in the garden or go for a walk out somewhere by you know where, wherever your favourite nature walk is, or you can just do it at home. And just create that little space um, try and and take a deep breath before you start, and always remember that you use your non dominant hand when you choose a card. Why do you do this? because then the, the non dominant hand is speaking to your unconscious mind. a dominant hand works with our conscious mind which of course always loves to chatter away and tell us why it won't work and you know all the negative kind of stuff that's what it tends to work towards whereas the unconscious mind is the part of you that knows the truth and not necessarily what you want to hear but the unconscious mind will tell you what you need to hear so by choosing a card the unconscious mind is saying, right girl, today we need you to focus on this particular thing. Does that help?
2: Yeah, no,
3: I was just, um, do you have um, a personal story, uh, maybe we'll have to do it after the break, Of of someone who used the cards and it made like a really big difference in in their life or or something that was happening in their life and and how it really directed them i I'm, i love to hear personal stories of, of something that you know we can all relate to
4: i certainly can linda it it might take a little longer than the time that we have before oh. the break <laughs>
3: well, yes i think
4: go ahead sandra you
3: tongue. take us to break
2: Yeah, in the meantime, Geraldine, we've got about a minute. Can you talk about the different cards you've created in your business? Um, Because they're really neat.
4: Well, each deck has a different kind of – it depends on what you're going to connect to. Now, I know there are heaps of ladies out there who love feathers, and pick them up and look at them. So the feather cards are oracle cards. The dog cards, if you love dogs and the energy that they have, you know, unconditional love and all those sorts of things, you'll love the dog cards. Horse cards are about Empowering people, because that's what the horse energy is about freedom and power. So you'll love those. And these alchemy cards are really tuned in to helping you to create that transformation that you, you know, really longing to create within your life. So each of them, although they work towards the same end, they have a slightly different energy around them. Does that help?
2: They do, because I have all of them. I'm, I'm like the Geraldine Tegalog junkie. <laughs> so you're going to want to get the whole set, because they really do work in different ways. Even though you get kind of the same things at the end, they go about it differently. So we'll be back again with Geraldine Tegalog after the break.
1: We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
2: This is for all you.
5: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tokenet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore discover and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M A R L A T A B A K A. acom it's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on tokenhead.com. It's Tokenhead.com.
0: Gifts make gladden girls, but they seem to burden guys. That's what a recent study by Live Science says. Women respond with happy gratitude when they receive a present. But when a man unwraps a gift, he immediately feels a sense of obligation to the giver. Even those women who really don't like getting presents are pretty good at faking a smile. What do you call a person who fakes a smile? An ex According to psychologists, men tend to keep mental notes of what they got from whom and check it against their own generosity. Women, on the other hand, take gift-giving much less seriously. I guess ever since Eve gave Adam the apple, there has been trouble between sexes about gifts. Have you ever unwrapped a G-food jet? That's another name for any gift you'd just rather put in the garbage. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
1: We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin.
5: This is for
2: Hey, ladies, this is Sandra, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and we're visiting with Geraldine Tegelov, and you can find out more about her and her cards at GeraldineTegelov.com. And I know it sounds like I'm the pitch person today for these cards, but I really do use them, and they really are amazing. I have to tell you, like, my favorite ones are these feather magic cards. They're like my old favorite, you know, pack, and I keep getting This focus card. When I'm being and feeling unfocused and uh, in like kind of undirected, Geraldine. And you know, there's only like I don't know what are there 40 cards or something like that in the deck. 38 cards in this deck. So the mathematician in me, and this is Linda, where I start getting all nerdy. Nerd alert. um, I I actually took a journal and I tracked the three cards that I'd pull each night before I go to bed, and I would focus on them. You know, funnily enough. And the blue focus card came up and it was a statistical improbability that I could get this four or five times a week. And when I settled down and focused on building my media business, which I was struggling with It went away. Well, I was very unfocused the last week or so and and kind of wandering around in my head going, what do I do now? And sure enough, during the radio show, I open up that box, sitting right on top like a merry little sentinel is the focus card. And it's amazing how accurate they can be at reflecting what's going on with me and that I don't even notice. (laughs)
4: <laughs> they work every time, Sandra. Uh, and people say to me, you know how does how, how do you know and as it's not me that knows, I yes, I created the cards, but um, it's it's the fact that you are setting that intention, to choose a card that will help you for that moment or that day or whatever and once you choose with your non-dominant hand you're taking the mind out of it of what you really want to hear I mean we all want to choose the success card or the prosperity card or whatever card every day Uh, or you know finding love happily ever after those sorts of cards but but the unconscious mind knows what you need so it's you that's doing it sandra it's not anybody else it's not the cards the cards are just a little tool to assist you so if you felt confident in within yourself you could uh, and you know you'd practice this for quite some time you could actually just turn off the conscious mind and say, right, I'm speaking to the unconscious part of me. What do I need today? What do I need to hear today? And, you know, the message would come through and you would grab hold of that and run with it. The problem is for most of us, our little chattering mind gets in the way. So to have a deck of cards or something is a wonderful tool that we can use to take out the mind And just work with what we need, not necessarily what we want to hear.
3: So, Sandra, when you keep, you know, um, in the last couple of weeks, you said you were kind of unfocused and you kept pulling out the focus card. So what did you do in your life to refocus when you kept getting that card? It wasn't a surprise to
2: you, right? It wasn't. It It wasn't. It wasn't. It was like, oh, oh, you're right. That was the surprise part. Um, and then I just needed to sit quietly. And this is where I think these cards work really well with like meditation and being quiet. Like I like to use them in my bathroom at night. Cause it's the only place that my kids and my dad don't come in and bug me like after hours, um, unless they're sick, but I can be in there quiet and private. And so I pull my cards, um, and I just put them right on the edge of my bathtub. I, I pull my cards and then I look at them and think, okay, what are you telling me? What do I need? I, I ask myself like, what is it I need to know today so that I can do my best tomorrow or something like some that in my head. I pull the cards and I get the focus. I'm like, Oh, focus okay what do I need to focus on and then I just shut my eyes and listen and it's like you need to focus on your business you're not paying attention enough to your business you're not it'll give me really clear directions if I just shut up and so but I need to be quiet to do that and I can't do it while watching tv or working out or handling the kids like and you don't need a long time I think the whole process for me takes about two minutes it's not it's not a big deal but it is a big deal in identifying where I need to adjust it's kind of a thing where you can run but you can't hide because
3: the cards are always going to pull you back yeah, I love that, Linda. <laughs> That's right. And just and and please try not to take them for a swim, as I did with my iPhone a couple of weeks ago. I was I wanted to listen to something in the bathtub, and guess what? The iPhone dropped right into the bathtub. So <laughs> focus on not getting your cards having a swim while in there with you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be really getting into the emotional side of things, wouldn't it? <laughs> Oh, most definitely and Sandra and Linda because Linda before the break you asked me about you know a personal story and yes. I know with, with these cards and uh, understand too that I work with these cards for at least 12 months to 2 years before I actually publish them because I want to make sure that they do work with real people in real time before I kind of put them out into the world and and I was one day. I was working with this um, particular lady, and um, and I said to her, "So, would you mind? We're going to use my alchemy cards today. I like to test run these on people." And she said, "No, I'd love to." And um, she chose the the card that came out immediately was the second step, which is all about the emotional side of things, and and. Um, she sat just staring at it for a little while. I mean, when I say a little while, it would have been an unusually quiet time of about 20 seconds, I suppose. But you know when there's that pause. And and suddenly she just burst into tears. And I, I said, okay, can you tell me what's going on within you? And she said, I don't know, but there's something in this card that all the emotional stuff is just rising to the surface and I know I haven't dealt with it yet and I know there's a lot of stuff there that I've been pushing way down under but it just seems like that it's coming up at this moment. So we went in a little deeper and we looked at some of the things that happened way back when in her childhood that she really hadn't... Uh, looked at hadn't been game enough to face I guess for a very long time and as we worked through it uh, then she chose another and I always love people to choose um, you know what their heart really desires right in that moment and what could be holding them back and then the next question is what could you focus on and the last question is what what would be the probable outcome so she chose the four cards, and we put them out in front of her. And this time, she burst into tears again, goes through a lot of tissues sometimes. And, and she said, it's as if these cards just know exactly where I'm at and, and what I need to do. And she contacted me uh, a few weeks later, and she said, Geraldine, it's just been amazing what has actually turned up in my life. So... The cards really do at the unconscious level. And if you've been putting it off and putting it off, then at one point, the universe will stop pressing buttons and actually give you a really big shove and make sure that you do listen and do what needs to be done. And the cards help you to do that.
2: Well, they help you, but they also give you a lot of peace. At least they do for me. Um, especially when I have like, I call it crazy brain, you know, before I go to bed, sometimes my brain is all crazy and it's jumping from like a, like a frog jumping from one lily pad to the other and over to the rock and around and around we go. And I can't seem to settle down enough to really focus. I think it's funny. I keep using that word, but really focus on what I need to do the next day or what I need to be working on or thinking about. And so I like the direction it gives me and it's very peaceful and it's very quiet. It's, it's non-invasive and it's not scary or creepy. You know, the first, you know, when I first came across cards like these, I'm like, oh my gosh, like these look crazy. Like I wouldn't even know where to begin, but especially if you're a beginner, I think the feather cards are a great place to start because they are really simple and you can get, you can get what you need, and you can kind of see what um like what where you need to focus on and I think that's like a best friend in a in a deck of cards Sandra, I have a question
3: for you because you say you you do this just before you go to sleep. Um, I usually fall asleep and and I get crazy brain in the morning when I wake up like this morning it was four o'clock um but so you you so I, if you use them at night before you go to sleep and you pull two or three or four cards or whatever, and it tells you focus or whatever else it might tell you, then do you um ask for some answers to come to you while you're sleeping
2: absolutely that like you got it in one i I you know not to be obnoxious about my nighttime ritual, but I have this little routine. I listen to my dr Joseph gallenberger meditation tape it's thirty five minutes and i Deep condition my hair and soak in the tub while I do the same thing. When that's over, I rinse my hair, I towel up, and I get my PJs on. Then I put my three cards down or my one card, depending on how much, how late it is at night. Then I look at that and I say, okay, while I go to sleep, I want the answers to come to me and what I need to do so that I'm raring to go in the morning when I go to sleep. And then I go to sleep and I sleep the whole night, and then I get up and it's there. That's fabulous. That's, that's, you know, that's wonderful. Yeah, I I like people to know what it looks like. I like people to know that, you know, the cards are easy and they're fast and they're not invasive and they're not, they don't violate any of my traditional, you know, religious beliefs. Um, So I'm going to take us to commercial break, but you guys are going to want to check these cards out at GeraldineTagelove.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more with Geraldine about how these cards can help guide and direct our lives because it's really us just tapping into what we already know and they're really a, they do a good job helping if you like today's episode and you want to hear more like them you can check out um powered up talk radio on itunes you can go to powered dot you can also hear geraldine tegelove on her own show by heading over to geraldine com and take a listen over there it'll be well worth your while i promise we'll be back again after the break sandra beck and linda franklin with geraldine tegelove
0: We've got lots more powered up
1: with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
0: study finds the happiest couples sleep the closest together as in less than an inch apart a survey of 1,000 couples found that 86 percent of those who kept such close perimeters reported they were satisfied with their relationship only 66 percent of couples who slept 30 inches apart or more reported being completely happy in their marriage what's the word for getting up on the wrong side of the bed metuta lipia Another predictor of relationship happiness is touch, while 94% of couples who made physical contact throughout the night reported a happy relationship. Just 68% of couples who kept their distance did the same. What's the word for the semi-conscious state between sleep and wakefulness? Hypnopompic. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
1: We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin.
2: Hey, ladies. This is Sandra Beck. I'm here with Linda Franklin and Geraldine Tegelov. And you got it. I was playing with my cards uh, during the break. <laughs> and they're just so much fun, Geraldine. And I want to share with our listeners Um You know, I have lots of Oracle cards. I get lots of free stuff. And, you know, when I was growing up, um, I had access to lots of different tarot cards and all these things, uh, different decks, different everything. And they were always so confusing to me, and they just took so long to get to the point. And one of the things I will say, Geraldine, that I really like about your cards is that you don't need to have any background, you don't need to have a whole directory, you don't need to have a map and a book and a all this stuff, you can pick <laughs> them up and they're like one word on the card but they're meaningful words and I want to, I just want to read some of these like, you know, direction and spirit and sacred knowledge and fun and intuition and nurturing and um, one of the days i was feeling really bad geraldine and i was i was just in a in a tough place and i hadn't been out of the house you know we we're stuck in the snow stuck in this house and i pull up the cards of like happiness fun and journey and i was like boy if that wasn't three cards telling me to get out of the house and get out of the cabin fever you know they can be so funny and so blunt Um, And then, of course, they can be more like, you know, you need to focus, you need need to seek grandparent wisdom, like I, I get those things. But I love that you have simplified things greatly and sped it up. Because honestly, I don't have time to sit there, I'd fall asleep trying to run a whole, you know, deck of things and having to memorize, like, forget it, I wouldn't do it.
4: Well, I have to tell you a funny story, Sandra. Um, When I I had all of these things, I had this beautiful set of nature spirit cards, which I work with constantly. There are 70 in the pack, and I use those to do all my in-depth readings for people, for clients. And um, I met this beautiful lady who was going to help me uh, get some things published and out there. And I I went along with my gorgeous nature spirit cards thinking, oh, she's going to love these and these are going to be absolutely fantastic and they're going to be so, you know, how you go on and on and on in your mind. And I got there and I put them down in front of her and she said, Geraldine, um, you're not serious, are you? I said, what do you mean? And burst into tears. <laughs> and And she said, these are too uh, deep and meaningful. They're too complicated. Go away and bring me back something that I can sell. Well, I went home with my tail between my legs and poor Bill, he was driving on the way home. And I was on and on and on about it, you know, telling him how terrible it was that she put my cards down and, and she didn't like them and, and, you know, carried on a treat. And he quietly, and as he always does, turned and said, well, what are you going to do about it? So I didn't get any sympathy there. So I went home and I once again said to Spirit, okay, what am I supposed to do? And I just looked across the room at my – and we have feathers all over the house here because I'm this incredible collector of feathers. And I thought, oh, feathers. I've I've taken a photo of every single feather that I find and I've taken it in situ. So maybe I could use those. So I put them together in kind of a pretend – card pack went back and she said this is perfect this is exactly what i'm looking for i can use these anyway <laughs> so yep yeah, it took me a little while to get there sandra
2: well i'm glad you did because i use them on a regular basis and i really think that they are they calm me down they give me direction they give me focus and um they tap into maybe like you said what i already have but since i couldn't tap it in any other way i find them you know really helpful um when you develop these cards i just have a question like you know from when you develop these cards did you how did you pick the words did you just go to spirit and have them tell you or
4: well, basically I did, Sandra, uh, when I find, um, when with all the feathers, I, I'm one of these people who, you know, I have to find out what that bird symbolizes and what the part of the bird, you know, the where the feather comes from and, and did a lot of kind of research into knowing what bird it came from and what feathers. And believe it or not, there were about five that I didn't... Um, The feathers that I really wanted that I didn't have. So I said to Spirit, okay, guys, if I'm to finish this pack, you need to bring me these feathers. And it was simply amazing. For instance, the grandfather wisdom, which is the uh, tail feather from a black cockatoo, which is here in Australia. And so I was invited to go and listen to a friend speak one day and she is of um, Aboriginal descent. And so I went along to support her and the guy who was introducing her got up and from behind his back he pulled out these two uh, red-tailed black cockatoo feathers. Well, I didn't hear her talk. I was just too excited to see these feathers and thinking, now... I wonder, would he be able to, would he allow me to take a photo? So after it, I went up to him and I said, you know, this is what I was doing. And he said, ah, notice I have two tail feathers. I was told I had to bring one, this is mine, and I had to bring one to give to somebody. And obviously, you're that person. So I got my red tail black cockatoo feather and I could tell you several ways <laughs> you know others as well it was amazing how they appeared in my life no that you know you hear all
3: of these things and it's not a, it, it's amazing but it's not amazing it's just like okay it, I, it's all there all we have to do is sort of get I keep t- you know saying get out of the way and let these things happen it's it's just it's it's just a beautiful thing now, Sandra says, you know, she, she's had several readings with you, and she said they're just fantastic, and she loves them so much. Can you tell me and and the rest of our listeners how that works? Um, do you do it on Skype, and, and how, how how does one prepare to have a reading with you?
4: Well, I guess the biggest thing, Linda, is what you've just said. Be open to it. Um, I'm open to. Uh, I guess I, I ask. All I ask of the client is to be open to hearing whatever comes, and I believe that we sit in this amazing quantum field of energy, and. All the answers are already there. They don't have to uh, appear from somewhere, um, you know. Else, they're already there, waiting for us to really recognise them and embrace them. And so, when you read for people, you're just helping them to grab hold of, of whatever it is that they need to hear. Um, yes, I do use cards, and. And that's not necessarily from for me. It's more that the client has something physical and visual to see and to hang on to. So I do these readings either face-to-face or, uh, you know, one-on-one, or I do them via Skype. However, it best suits the person. And obviously, if they're on the other side of the world, we have to do it via Skype. So, um, yeah, it's a very simple process, Linda. You just have to be open to hearing it. And I do get a lot of skeptics who come for a reading and and it was a bit like I would have to explain when I first went to a networking chiropractor and I would say to him, I'm not sure what you do, but I love the results. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I would walk out of there feeling amazing. And, you know, I I love to assure people, too, that I only work with positive things, positive messages, positive outcomes. And it's my suggestion, if you go for a reading and somebody tells you a whole lot of negative stuff, just disregard it and don't go back, because... The problem is the mind holds on to what you hear and it works on it and it works on it until you work yourself into a frenzy. We need to empower people through readings to give them positive feedback. Certainly tell them what they need to work on within their lives, but help them to see that there are always beautiful, positive outcomes.
3: No, I like that. Um I think a lot of people are afraid to go cuz they're going to hear something they don't want to hear. Um you know, a death, a sickness or something like that. Um but yeah, but if if you're if you're telling them the positives and the things that they can do as well, I mean, you know, that's like a win-win situation, I think.
4: Well, I think it's important that a reading connects to their spiritual self, and it's it's you know it's help it's empowering them to know okay this is where I'm at, and this is what I can do to move to where I want to go, and also give them an idea of the outcome. Going back to ancient alchemy, alchemists didn't they never focused in the past, they they lived what they call backwards in time. So they focused on their future today.
2: See, that's something that I think is fascinating because I get all mixed up time-wise because things are in the past. Things are preset. There's predestiny. Then we're creating. It's a lot. And you can get turned around quite quickly. Um, And that's where I find these these. Cards, whether they're the Australian Feather Magic cards or the Dog cards or the Alchemy for Now cards, these things really simplify things for me, because I do get kind of turned around. I would like, if you guys are interested, to go... Check out Geraldine's site because there's these little maps on there that you can print out um, that you can use with your transformation cards that can walk you through some of this stuff. And then she's got other training programs on her site. Geraldine, can you tell us a little bit about those before we go to the end of the show?
4: Yes. Well, I'm about to put on a a little training video, Sandra, for the alchemy cards, which are a little little more in-depth, so... Uh, I'll be getting that up in the next few weeks so that that will help people too with the cards. And there are lots of other, there's the Feather Magic cards, um, there are training programs there, how to work with those and how to work with feathers. And um, I've, you know, they're there for anyone and they're available to anyone, so feel free
2: okay geraldine tegelov there you have it get your cards and enjoy them like i am and and have them you know bring the focus card up again and again until you finally figure out how to focus and what to focus on then they will give you a break so you're going to enjoy them a lot this is sandra Beck and linda franklin of powered up talk radio you can find us on itunes and we'll be back again next week